When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hit. And a very good morning to you. Let me stay with the weather for just a moment because it is going to be, it was cold yesterday, it's going to be cold again today and we really are kind of heading into a bit of a cold spell at the moment and that is prompting, some would say, the dream of a white Christmas. It's very much more a reality now than it was a couple of weeks ago and some of the betting shops are shortening the odds on a white Christmas. But Met Aaron are saying there are going to be winter falls for this coming weekend. Temperatures are going to plummet right across the country over the next uh, few days. There will be some freezing mercury readings on the thermometers and that could lead to sleet, hail and even snow particularly on higher ground. Jerry Murphy of Met Aram is saying that winds from the west are going to bring this cold airflow across the country and that with that will come what is a considerable wind chill. There will be plenty of, of showers at times and then sleet and hail and the sh- and the showers, especially at night time over the next few days. But the risk of snow on hills and higher ground, certainly there. Now, Met Aaron is saying at this stage what they're forecasting over the weekend, no significant snow, but it is going to be bitterly cold, particularly at night, uh, zero, uh, could go to zero and below at times at night. But because of that, Boyle Sports have decided to shorten the odds of a white Christmas. They've gone from nine to two back to seven to two. And can everybody remember the last time that we had significant snow on Christmas Day? There was a recording of 20 centimetres of snow on Christmas Day and it was of course in 2010. It's hard to believe that that now is nearly 10 years ago when we had that significant fall of snow and we had it not just for Christmas Day, we had it on the lead up to Christmas Day as well and it actually, it had been the only time since records began in 1941 where there was snow on the ground on, of 20 centimetres on the ground on Christmas Day at 9am. But Met Aaron always cautious about giving these kind of forecasts too far out. They're saying simply it is too early to predict. We're two weeks away and they will not give a weather forecast for two weeks in advance. So they're just saying too early to predict what it's going to be like. But the 
the certainly the betting shops are not taking any chances, particularly with the cold spell that's going to set in this weekend. Now, we welcome you along to the programme. John Paul is on a day off today. So Bernie is taking your calls at 1850-333-103. If there's anything you want to share with us or if you would like to text or WhatsApp us, you can to 86 We love to hear from you. Would love to hear from anybody who has a view or a feeling on the news that broke yesterday afternoon from the National Lottery. And they have, of course, come out. They are fulsome in their apology. It's an unprecedented apology. And they're putting their hands up and they're saying it's human error that led to €180,000 worth of top prizes being left off for scratch card panels. Now, it's Premier Lotteries Ireland. They are the group that run the National Lottery in this country. They discovered the error about I heard it was six weeks ago. Some of the papers are just saying last month, but I heard yesterday it was six weeks ago they discovered that three prize panels worth €50,000 each. This is in the congratulations card. And then there was one panel that should have been worth €30,000 in the diamond bingo doubler. Now, anyone that's into scratch cards would probably know the names of these cards so well. Because of a human error, they were admitted from the cards, even though when people bought the cards, they were of the view they were in with a chance of winning €50,000 or on the Diamond Bingo Doubler. They thought they were in with a chance of winning 30000 You had to hope of winning it because these numbers had actually been admitted from the uh, cards. Premier Lotteries are saying we're deeply sorry for the errors which should have been fixed before the games went on sale. We have committed to ensuring that our players are always treated fairly. Well, we weren't treated very fairly on that one, were we? Anyway, new controls are now in place to ensure it doesn't happen again. And they are stressing that the missing prizes represent just 0.01% of all prize money. But I, I don't care whether it represents... 1%, 10% or 50%, it still represents a proportion of prize money that was missing from these scratch cards. And it's just not fair. So what are they doing? The €180,000 is going to be put into prize money that will be up for grabs through a New Year's special draw, which is going to be held on the 6th of January. But you... It's kind of a marketing thing for the, for the lottery. You're going to have to buy tickets to be in with a chance of winning the share of that money that was missing, which I don't think is very fair. And it's certainly not very fair on people who regularly buy scratch cards and, and have bought over the last six weeks and before these congratulations cards and these diamond bingo doubler cards. It's not fair on them. They've already paid out their money. Why should they be asked to pay out again? I, you know, I think there should be another way of divvying up this money. I'd go so far as even to say, look, give it up, give it away to charity altogether. But I wouldn't like to see the Premier Lotteries making money on the back of their mistake. And that's exactly what they're going to do. If people think that they're in with a chance of winning more money on these particular scratch cards, this New Year's special draw, then you're going to have people buying extra lottery cards are perhaps people who don't regularly buy lottery cards will think oh there's extra money in there I have a better chance of winning I'll buy more cards and if that happens Premier Lotteries are going to be uh, the winners the Fianna Falls finance spokesperson Michael McGrath said the mistake warrants having Premier Lotteries Ireland and the lottery regulator make them appear before the Dawes Finance Committee to explain the blunder and I hope they do I hope they don't just get away with this unprecedented apology and saying it's human error and, and okay it's okay to put your hands up say it's human error but the one thing that irked me about the story yesterday was they knew for six weeks 
and they still didn't withdraw the cards they still didn't come out and put their hands up and say we have a problem here and that's the part that most annoys me anyway I'm interested in your thoughts and comments particularly if you are a regular player of scratch cards there are some people who buy scratch cards every single week it's kind of their little bit of pleasure for some people now I know before people say you can get completely addicted you can and there are people who spend huge sums of money on lottery cards sometimes more that they can afford to do and it is at the end of the day it is a form of gambling but I think for the majority of people it's a little bit of fun and you'll have people maybe every week buying you know two or three lottery cards maybe when they're at the post office picking up their pension or maybe when they're out doing their shopping on a Friday they might get a few scratch cards and you know and that's all they do and they hope you know we all when we scratch a scratch card we all dream of winning and actually yesterday I picked up a bundle uh, well not a bundle I picked up uh, seven I've seven people for dinner on Christmas Day and there's a bit of a campaign at the moment for people not to buy Christmas crackers I'm a big fan of Christmas crackers I have to say and I love when the Christmas table is laid and I think the Christmas cracker adds something to it but I have a group of very environmentally conscious teenagers joining me for dinner on Christmas Day and they kind of started a campaign to me from November because they know I'm a lover of Christmas crackers and saying please don't buy Christmas crackers this year because of the amount of waste packaging and the amount of plastic that's contained in it. So I have finally given in and I have decided instead to make up not quite a Christmas cracker but I'm after getting sort of little bags and I'm going to put little treats into it and everybody gets one and one of the treats is everybody's going to get it's just one of the one euro scratch cards I put one into all of them just to kind of add it as a little treat so that's the only so I'm not a great buyer of scratch cards I'll buy them a few times a year but I'm not one of these ones that does it every single week but so that's they're the people I really want to hear from the regular scratchers of scratch cards and the other question that has to be asked because I heard this been spoken about yesterday since Premier Lotteries Ireland they took over the lottery licence in 2014 so they're five years now running the lottery anecdotally some people are saying that they're not winning as much money on the scratch cards as they did before Premier Lotteries Ireland took over. Now, Premier Lotteries Ireland will come back at us on that one and say, we have to give a percentage of the money that's raised from scratch cards must go out in prizes. So they'll say the money is there. But anecdotally, you'll hear from people, as I say, who regularly scratch scratch cards, they say that they're not winning as much. So if you have stories like that to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Now coming up on the programme this morning, the latest figures on domestic violence show that last year there were around nine requests for refuge. Every day had to be refused. Now these are nine women many of them with children who are saying I'm desperate I need to get out of the situation I am in and for them to get to that stage of saying I need to get out the situation is really bad it's not that it's been an isolated incident of domestic violence takes an awful lot for a woman to finally say I need to get out of here and to build up that courage to be ready to do it to be turned away at the inn to, to say sorry we don't have any beds there are not enough safe houses and not enough beds available so we're going to talk about that on the programme today we're going to speak with Katrina Toomey of Penny Dinners and she just wants to highlight the amount of dirty items and unsuitable items that are donated to 
Cork Penny Dinners and she said it's not just herself they're donated to other charities as well and she just wants people when you're donating to charity and it is a lovely thing to do and it's great to sort of go through the bits and bobs that you have at home and you know you don't need them anymore you're not going to wear them anymore or maybe you have two blankets you have too many you have too many duvets and it's a lovely thing to do it's to pass them on to somebody in need but when you're passing them on will you stop and think about what you are passing on bearing in mind that homeless people they have to be respected and they have their pride as well and you also have to think of the volunteers who have to go through these bags of donated items and to find dirty items I mean used underwear dirty underwear it's just not on it's just not on so Katrina's going to talk to us uh, about that uh, today and I'll also talk with her because I saw a piece in the paper today actually that I think it's 200 Christmas dinners they'll serve on Christmas Day so we'll, we'll chat to her a little bit about that as well and no doubt they will have children join them for Christmas dinner on Christmas Day and a report that is just out from the Mercy Law Resource Centre which is highlighting the impact of homelessness on children and it is showing that children living in emergency accommodation due to being homeless are found to be nutritionally deficient and wait for this they're falling asleep at their desks because they're living in emergency accommodation and the report highlights the situation of one family of six in particular there's mammy and daddy and four young children and they found themselves in a homeless situation and they are staying in a B&B and of course they've been moved from one B&B to another B&B and they've ended up in a very isolated B&B which is a substantial distance away from the schools where the children attend. So there was a medical report done on these four children and and it was provided, it was done for the local authority I suppose to highlight how unsuitable the B&B, well the B&B is fine it's just too far away from the children's school and the effect that it's having on the children the school going children have spent the last six months getting up at 5am in the morning in order to be in time for school and because of that they're falling asleep at their desks and then they were checked, they're also nutritionally deficient and that's because of no cooking facility. There isn't any cooking facility in a and b I mean, you stay in a and b and you're out in the morning. They get the children off to school and then they can't go back to the B&B until it's time to go back for, I suppose, in the evening time. But you don't have cooking facilities in a and b So obviously the family are doing the best that they can and they are getting takeaway dinners and they're just not nutritionally balanced. I mean, it really is uh, shocking and it's quite a quite a damning report. It's the report on lived experiences of homeless uh, families and that comes just days after the data we were talking about on this programme of the 10,514 people who are homeless, living in homeless accommodation in this country, of which 3,826 children. It's just, it's shocking. Uh, Councillor Noah McCarthy is going to join us at about 20 past 11 uh, today. He's updating us on the unfinished housing development that is going on in Formoy. It's been stopped for the last few weeks due to a dispute between the builder and the contractor. We just want to get the latest on that and find out when those houses will be available to house those very people that we are talking about uh, today. A member from Garda Corner will join us for Crime File. And actually there's a question in asking me to when um, uh, the member from Garda Corner, I think it's Sergeant John Kelly is joining us today, to ask the guard on your programme today a question please. This is to settle a, d- a debate that's going on uh, wondering do you get 10 days to tax your car after the expiry date? This is John in Mill Street saying that we're saying no, but he said, I've got other workmates that are saying no, 
you do have 10 days after the expiry date. So could we get the actual verification on that? And I'm assuming it's from the Garda point of view. So if you're stopped by on Garda Siakona and your tax date is out of date, which is always the end of the month, isn't it? Do you have 10 days in which to renew your tax? I will find out when Sergeant John Kelly joins us on the programme a little bit later on. And Jane Pickett joins us answering all of your pet questions. So if you've got pet questions, get those into us. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103-103. Patton from Moy contacting the programme to say he was reading the Hollybow last night. He said there's gorgeous painting on the front cover and some fantastic stories inside. He also wants to point out that the Avondoo newspaper has brought out their own version of the Hollybow. He said it's well worth a read also. OK, thank you for that, Pat. Actually, we reviewed the Hollybow uh, with uh, John, the editor, a few weeks ago. It's fantastic, but it's always a brilliant read. It really is fantastic and it'll carry you right over the Christmas and leave it there for the rest of the family to pick up. It's one of those things you can dip in and out of it's, it. It is great and good to see that the Avon do bring out their own version as well. Thank you for that, Pat. A reminder to you that later on today we have three €50 Euro vouchers to give away from Sue's Asian Street Food for Spa Square in Mallow who have a healthy menu thanks to their nutritionist Lucy Holland and the best thing is they deliver right to your door and every day this week we're giving away three €50 Euro vouchers. We've chopped up a song in the walk and given it a mix. We'll play the song a little bit later on and you've either got to text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Last year, 10,782 women and 2,572 children received support from a domestic violence support service. Now that's according to the annual report by Safe Ireland, the National Social Change Agency working to end domestic violence in this country. And joining me from Safe Ireland, uh, Katrina Gleeson. Good morning to you, Katrina. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, And you're welcome. Now around nine requests a day for refuge from domestic violence had to be refused last year. Is that simply just highlighting how stretched the services are? Um, well, it's highlighting that we have only 140 units, uh, rooms for women uh, in Ireland, um, which is, uh, you know, if you're down in Cork, you're looking, I think there's about six spaces for women in, in Cork that are refuge spaces. So it's that's the core of the problem in terms of, of need. But it's also a symptom of we have a very um, stretched um, resource. Um, we've been un- under a huge underinvestment into the into the services, and they've been working <clears throat> um, below resource level for a number of years. And uh, we're, we're now concerned that uh, we might be at the at the edge of being able to sustain the, the model. And for a woman, Katrina, to get to that stage to say, "I need help. I need to get out of here," she really is at the end of her theatre at that stage it's that this isn't an isolated incident of domestic abuse that that somebody says oh I'll leave now Exactly and you know the rest, coming to refuge is is sometimes what women need to do women coming forward for services you see there's 10,000 women coming forward there's 50,000 helpline calls so coming to the actual refuge itself is, to need accommodation is usually when there is absolutely no alternative for her to be able to stay safe in her own home and our services are always working to you know prioritise her being able to stay safe in her home however um, uh, that's not always the reality so the critical thing as we know about the nature, of course, of control is that being able to actually reach out mm. is, a, is, a, is a massive step because quite often you're controlled, you're monitored, being able to, and you're, you're 
beset with fear because um, the the person who's abusing you has has created that environment around you. So actually being able to reach out is critical. And for anybody coming forward, we need to be able to respond. Now, I know that our services around, the, our member services around the country um, don't just say we, we can't provide refuge. They will work with women if the women want want more support uh, in other areas, but it's it's just simply not good enough. It's a, it's a, it's a national tragedy that we are missing these opportunities to provide the supports that are needed. And Katrina, because we we know we are in the middle of a housing crisis, is that also having a knock on effect that women, I imagine, are staying longer in these safe houses than they would have done before? Yeah, I mean this this has been going on for years now since since um, I suppose nearly two thousand and eight. We've we've never had enough refuge space in Ireland, but the access there was always the opportunity to access maybe private rented or B and Bs as a temporary measure, which was never satisfactory. But even those um, opportunities are few and far between now, as you know, right around the country. And Cork is no different; that it's it's very hard to access any accommodation. So um, it's it's putting uh, more pressure on women. Um, to stay in, in abusive relationships, which is having a detrimental effect on them. Uh, their lives are more at risk um, and also obviously having a, a huge effect on their children if they have any. And of course, we know that many women don't come forward for help, Katrina. So is, is it always very hard to get an accurate figure on the number of women experiencing domestic violence? It's always hard to get an accurate figure because for, even with the best studies, um, you know, if you're experiencing abuse, you're not necessarily going to be able to disclose that in an interview. However, there was a study done in 2014 by a European agency, a very robust study in Ireland, um, and that showed that we were looking at about one in three of the population experiencing some a level of psychological controlling behaviour from uh, of abuse from a um, a, a partner um, and in their lifetime. And within that one in three, what we were also seeing was that Women, where women had experienced serious physical or sexual abuse in the previous 12 months, um, only two out of 10 women actually were able to report that to the guards and, and about 10% reported that into domestic violence services. So what we're, what we're realising is that of a serious physical or sexual assault by a partner and a woman, only um, two out of every 10 has been reported into the guards, which is, is very worrying. Yeah, and nothing extra in the in budget twenty twenty to fund the services, uh, Katrina. No, Patricia. Um, I mean, there's there's um, government statements coming out that there's money going into victim support services. What we understand is there's uh, a small percentage increase into the wide victims of crime budget, which is a small budget. Um, there was no the, the domestic violence services would be core funded in the main by the TUSLA funding, yeah. and there was no increase to TUSLA this year. However, when the uh, budget was announced shortly afterwards, there was an announcement by TUSLA and by the Minister for Children that um, they were release, releasing an additional 1.5 million into the sector. What in fact they did was they. Uh, recycled the increase they gave in the previous year, which hadn't yet met it to the ground. And we don't even know if the full 1.5 million was released into the services for, from 2018. So, um, a, bit, a bit of creative accountancy there. A bit of uh, spin merchandise. Yeah. Way. So empty promises and, and recycled budgets is what we're dealing with. And they're not going to respond to the needs of women and children living with domestic violence. And Katrina, um, is Christmas a very, can Christmas be a very d- difficult time for women suffering from domestic uh, violence? Well, I suppose, you know, Christmas can be a very difficult time for a lot of people but when you're trying to navigate um, 
all of the the, the additional impacts of domestic violence, it can be very difficult uh, uh, for women, particularly women with children. Um, you know, often trying to just keep everything together and, and get through through the Christmas season. Um, and so it is. It's it's you know, there's, people often think it might be a busier time of the service. It's always a busy time of the services. So you know, it's it, it knows no one time of the year. But there, obviously, with all the additional pressures of trying to to make Christmas as uh, positive as possible in a house where things are very controlled, um, is is a very difficult time. Okay, and how do you encourage any woman listening to us this morning, uh, Katrina, to get them to reach out to the help and support that's available? Well, anybody who's listening um, who in any way feels within their relationship that it doesn't feel right, that, that they're, if, they're, if you're living it with any level of fear of, of your partner, um, there are excellent services throughout Cork, around the country, if you, if you want to move out of the county. Um, if you go to the Safe Ireland website, there's a list of all the services in Cork. You have Manal Fasa, you've Can Lee, you've West Cork uh, uh, Domestic Violence Service, and you also have Yana. Um, so there's excellent services there. They're at the end of the phone. There's a 24-hour helpline run by Coon Lee. Um, so please feel free to pick up the phone. The staff are very trained and very skilled, and they're there for you, um, and they're there to listen. Okay. There's also a national helpline if... if um, women's uh, Aid. Women's Aid, run, run by Women's Aid. And the services throughout the country. So if you go to the State Warrant website, all of those details will be there. Okay. And if you don't feel safe going onto your computer or, or looking it up yourself, if there's a friend that you have confidence in... Um, uh, Confide in someone. Confide in, the, in them and, and maybe they can make the call for you okay. and, and you can be linked in that way. All right, uh, Katrina, listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thanks, Patricia, for having us on. Thank Good you. morning to you. Bye-bye. Katrina Gleeson there from uh, Safe Ireland and that Women's Aid telephone number, the national number, 1-800-341-900. That's 1-800-341-900. And the IANA, the North Cork Domestic Violence Group, you're not alone, 022-539-1535. And the West Cork Women Against Violence Project uh, is one 800 203-136 You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 86 Members of the public who donate to homeless charities this Christmas are asked to refrain from handing in soiled duvets and underwear or blankets which have been used by dogs and are sent in covered in dog hair. The issue has been highlighted by Katrina Toomey of Cork Penny Dinners uh, who joins me. Good morning to you Katrina. Good morning, Patricia. Um, I, I'm shocked by this piece. Uh, and please tell me it's only in a very a very small number of people who would donate dirty items to you. Well, it's a small number of people, but it's a large amount of stuff. It's very, very large. And it's just adding extra hours to to all our work inside. We're there till 11, 12 o'clock at night, so, you know, sorting through the stuff. And it, it, it's, it's killing us. And we, we had to come out to just ask people to stop doing it because it was styled everything really, you know, jumpers, jackets that were torn, you know, really, you know, with paint on them and stuff that just it was impossible to to reuse again. And um, Stuff that were only good for the bin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were good for nothing else. So it meant, and it means a lot of sorting for us. And... We're at it from morning until night, you know, from 8 o'clock in the morning until 
10, 11, 12 at night and it's hard work. And then do you have to pay to dispose of it? We do. Oh, God, that's frustrating. It is very frustrating. And again, like we're grateful, extremely grateful to the people that take care and consideration and put great thought into what they're giving to us. And they're thankfully in the majority. But the small minority that are doing this are really making making it very hard for us. You know, we want to get on with the Christmas rush and the Christmas stuff. And it means that instead of getting out with our hampers at night where they're sorting stuff and everything is taken, it's taken its toll on us physically as well. We're all tired from it. So you're saying to people, if, you, if you're going to donate to your charity, or indeed any charity, any charity only, only donate what you, you yourself would wear or that you would give to a family member. Yeah, and when I say soiled, I mean very, very soiled. Oh. Yeah. That's disgusting. You know, so... And the yeah, blanket from a dog's basket, obviously. Oh, blankets, coats, jumpers, trolls, everything covered in dogs. Are, yeah. Oh, come on, come yeah. on. And it's Christmas. People like new new items at Christmas. Of course. And you see, that's what we say. All year round, we give out second-hand clothes and footwear and, and toys that they're all year round. And, you know, we make sure that we give out the best and we, we would sort through them throughout the year but we wouldn't have you know there would be very little sorting but it's Christmas now we're asking people just give something new because we're giving gifts to people and gifts you know you wouldn't like to get a gift of stuff like that and a child needs a new toy for Christmas so we're asking people to be mindful of that fact now there are some second hand toys in excellent condition we get some lovely nursery items, you know, yeah. items that are in excellent condition. But, you know, and we get car seats that are in good condition, but we also get car seats that have to go straight to the bin. So we're just saying, if we can't hand it on, even giving out something secondhand, we're still giving out something that you class as a gift. So we don't want to be giving them rubbish, you know, yeah. or yeah. something that yeah. will make them feel any worse than what they're actually feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. God Almighty, it's 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 tough. It's tough enough. And I know the last time I was chatting to you, you were suggesting for people to give uh, the the to donate an experience, give panto tickets, give tickets to the cinema. Yeah, just to get people, you know, give them a couple of hours, like you know, of escape from, you know, and it's winter, it's cold, it's dark, it's bleak, and just to be able to go with the children to the panto to the cinema even to go into some fast food place for a couple of hours. It's something for them to break their monotony, to break the hardship that they're suffering. And believe me, they are they are suffering hardship. It's taken its toll on the mothers and fathers out there. Well, I was to when I knew you were coming on, I was reading out a piece I saw in the paper. It's a report from the Mercy Law uh, Resource uh, Centre and uh, they were looking at the mental health and the physical health on children. And they were just talking about children falling asleep in, in school at their desks and how they're nutritionally deficient because yeah. of lack of cooking facilities in, in the B&Bs and the hotels where they're staying. But you were, we, we know that for, for ages and ages and ages and we keep on highlighting that how can any of them stay sane? You have the children suffering, you have the mothers and the fathers looking at their children suffering, not being able to even make a bowl of soup for them, like they have to survive on hot cups and they have to survive on pot noodles. And you, you can't, I mean, how many times do any of us have a hot cup or a pot noodle? Do you know? 
an odd time when you're in a rush. An odd time. Yeah, but you're not living on them. You're not living on them every day. No, and that's what they are. And you you're know. you're in the papers today with Olivia Kelleher I was reading has a piece where you're going to serve 200 dinners on Christmas Day. We are, 200 <sighs> plus. And <laughs> not alone just at the centre, we'll serve a lot more dinners than I will give out. Like we'll be giving out the hampers so that people can give out dinners. So yeah. we reckon like that about 3,000 hampers now will be going out. That's incredible. And it what's incredible. the day itself like? I mean, I take it, are you ever stuck for volunteers to help you out? No, we're not because no. we bring in kind of the, the strong team to, and then the other volunteers that we have come in to say hi to everybody and they might pop in for five minutes, 20 minutes. But the day itself is magic because is it? The, the dinner is prepared by the River Lee Hotel. Right. And they've been doing that for years and it's everything, all the trimmings, you know, the starter, the main course, dessert and stuff. Great. Santa Claus comes up then via the Polar Express from Kent Station and he <laughs> has raked the gifts for everybody don't just get one. They they go home with black bags. They're like sent to themselves going home. But it's just you know, to make them feel special. Wanted and cared about and to make them feel special. And we have a concert with Karen Underwood this year. Wow. And that's amazing because I'd say we're the only place in Ireland that has this magnificent concert. We'll have live music on the day. Oh yeah. We've had Linda Cullen, Jack O'Rourke. The High Hope Square will be there singing again and you know, there'll be a bit of dance and a bit of singing, a bit of everything going on. And the Barrack Street Brass and Reed Band, then they come down the lane and they march into Penny Dinners, play a few Christmas carols, and they go out in and off down to the Mercy Hospital. That's a brilliant sight to see. That so, uh, it sounds terrific. Listen, have a happy and a peaceful Christmas, Katrina. You're doing amazing work. We'll talk again uh, soon. But in the meantime, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Patricia. Take care. Good morning to you. Bye bye. The wonderful Katrina Toomey. And of course, if anybody wants to donate to uh, Penny Dinners, you can by dropping into their premises. Uh, you can do it at corkpennydinners.ie. And as we heard this week on the programme, our own uh, Trevor Relch from The Score, along with our own John Paul McNamara, they're going to be selling sports books Friday week down at Penny Dinners, all of Trevor's sports books. And if anybody wants to donate sports books, you can. But they'll be on sale priced at five euro down a penny dinner on Friday the 20th with all of the proceeds going to Katrina and the gang. But please, to people donating items, think about what you're putting into those black sacks uh, before you hand them in to Cork Penny Dinners or indeed any charity. Eddie Amalo suggests that the Cork Penny Dinners should put cameras up to see who is bringing in those bags, donating items with dirty clothes uh, in them. That would be one way. And then what do you do? I suppose, hand them back? You know, I mean, people give... You you hope that they give with a kind heart and it's what they're putting into the bag. They're just not thinking. Some of the clothes that they can use are fine because that's what Katrina said. They have to sort through them all. But it's when they're mixed in with dirty clothes and that anyone would consider giving blankets that have been used in a dog's basket that you would consider that that's acceptable to pass that on to a homeless person is just utterly shocking. It defies logic. 1850 We're going to take a break. This is Court Today. Court Today. With Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103.
Van Morrison on C103 and that is the bright side of the road. Some of your calls and texts coming into the programme this morning. We were talking about domestic violence. We were talking about Safe Ireland in the last hour. That has led uh, Paul in Mallow to contact us to say he suffered domestic violence for years. Thankfully he is out of it now. He's much happier and uh, life is good but he actually ended up having a breakdown over it. The domestic violence was so bad and he's contacted the programme this morning because he just wants to point out that it isn't just uh, women and we've often mentioned that um, Paul in the programme it isn't just uh, women but sadly if you're looking at the statistics on the number of people there are more women than men suffer domestic violence and that's not taking in any way from what you went uh, through and it's utterly shameful that any uh, woman would inflict any kind of harm to you so much so that it led to a breakdown so I'm thrilled to hear that you had the courage to get out of out of there and you did and that you're much happier now and long may that happy life uh, continue but when we were talking with Safe Ireland we were particularly talking about women who are trying to escape 
domestic violence situations with their children and the fact that on av- for about nine women every day last year were told there was no refuge available. I mean, that's just truly shocking. The government have got to wake up to that and start investing more money into these services for women. And of course, many of these services are run thanks to the kindness and generosity of people and fundraising that goes on. So I was delighted that somebody rang in to say that there's a coffee day next Sunday what kind of coffee afternoon next Sunday afternoon from two until half past five in the lovely Pier House in Cork McSherry and that's in aid of Edel House in Cork and of course the Edel House provide emergency accommodation for women and uh, children so people can support the great work of Edel House so thank you I don't know who called that in uh, but thank you for whoever sent that in to us now some of your WhatsApps here's a WhatsApp that I have to say saddened me when I read it this morning I know the more I think about it the more annoyed I am about this and it reads and obviously we're not going to call out anybody's name or say say where this person is from but it uh, says Hi Patricia I'm on a day off from work today so I was at home this morning when the postman arrived. I got a letter from the estate agencies and I honestly felt like puking at the thought of opening the letter. The landlord has increased our rent and while I can say that I somewhat expected it, we simply cannot afford it. The extra money that is now going to have to be paid on rent will have to be taken from something else predominantly it's going to have to come from the food and the clothing bill next year. When is it all going to end? The whole housing market is an absolute nightmare and a disgrace. The fear of rent increases etc and the uncertainty that exists for renters is terrible and so it will increase. And what about two years from now? When will, what will it be then and when does it all end? And and my initial reaction was one of great sadness for this 13 days before Christmas to get a letter like that from the estate agent to say the landlord is putting up your rent is just soul destroying. It's like a kick in the stomach. I can understand what you can imagine sitting at a kitchen table knowing that it was from the estate agent and that sense of I'm going to physically be sick just opening the letter. Of course, there's the two fears. There's the one fear, will we have to get out of the house because the landlord wants to pass it on to a family member or whatever the landlord wants to, to do with us. But then the other fear, and it has come true, that the rent is going to increase. And if you're already stretched and families are already stretched, like this listener is right, where does it all end? And where, where do landlords get off on deciding, I want to put up the rent? Like what has changed for that landlord between this year and last year? that they can look at this house and decide, oh yeah, I can make more money out of that, so let's up the rent. I, and, and, and I know I'll get accused of, oh, you're picking on landlords and, and we need we need landlords and we need the private rented sector so much because God knows if we didn't have the private rented sector, we would have a lot more people living in, in homeless accommodation. But I'm trying to understand why the landlord and why landlords are increasing rents. What what has changed for them? I mean, if there is a mortgage that the rent is paying, the mortgage surely is remaining the same and, and you're paying it off. And I'd be very annoyed if there isn't a mortgage and it's just purely been done on the sense of greed. And is it greed at the end of the day? Is it just a landlord thinking, yeah, I can make more money out of that house and sure if they don't want it they can leave and somebody else will move in and pay even more and you see that's where this family is caught in that dilemma and they're caught between a rock and a hard place and the landlord knows they're caught between a rock and and a hard place they can't just ring up the landlord 
and the estate agent and say, you know what, you can tell the landlord, go have a, I'm not paying the increase, we're going to move. There was a time when you could have moved, where you could have gone down the road and there would be another house for rent, but there isn't. That family know there isn't. That landlord knows there isn't. So the landlord can can up the rent unless you're in a rent pressure zone. It's just, it's shocking. It's just, and it's annoying me now to think about what that family, what kind of a Christmas is that family facing? And, you know, as she says, the only thing they can do, they'll have to save on food. And this is where we're back to food poverty. And when we've people, whenever we talk about food poverty, we'll have somebody saying, oh, there should be no such thing as food poverty. Food is so cheap and you can go into any of the supermarkets and buy cheap food. And, you know, why is anybody going hungry? People are going hungry because they can't go into the supermarkets because they don't have the money to pay for the food. The extra money that the rent has to come off that food bill. So if you have 100 euro to spend on food this week, next week, because the rent has gone up, that family might only have 50 euro to spend on food and they have to spread that out. Ah, it's annoying. It's just, it's it's more than annoying. It's just, it's wrong. It's just, it's wrong. So... uh, and I'm not picking and I know somebody's going to say you're picking on landlords and, and I'm sorry if, it, if you are a landlord and you feel that I'm picking on you but if you've just put up the rent for somebody's on somebody's house justify to me why you need to put up that rent why is it so important that you get whatever it is an extra hundred a month why, why do you need it so badly at the expense of a family who will now probably go hungry next year because of it I don't. I honestly don't think that I could ever be a landlord because I couldn't sleep in my bed knowing that I'd increased somebody's rent and thinking about maybe you know can they actually afford that? Did that enter the landlord's head before you get onto the estate agent to say would you increase that woman's rent? It's just something has to give. Something has to give because it can't continue. It cannot continue. Families cannot continue to be put under this kind of pressure because something's going to snap somewhere. Uh, 1850 333 103 uh, our lines are uh, open uh, Bernie is taking your calls uh, because John Paul is in with us today and you can text or WhatsApp me as well to 0862103103 I mentioned the lotto and the fact that the lottery scratch cards for the last six weeks they've been selling incorrect scratch scratch cards that the lottery are saying human error they they're missing two 50,000 euro prizes on the congratulations card and they're missing 30,000 prize on the diamond bingo doubler. Uh, Dan in Mallow says, Patricia, in 2006, the lotto added two more numbers or two extra balls to the lotto. This massively increased the odds in favour of the lotto. So now, the odds of winning the lotto jackpot standard one in eight million 145,060. This is the worst, this is worse than what's going on with the scratch card as the money that is spent nationally to win the same lotto prize has increased massively. So my point is, there was no, there was not one word about this in the media compared to the recent revelations about what's going on with the scratch cards. We really are such a gullible nation. It seems that any big, or, big organisation from political parties to banks to the church to the FAI to the revenue and on and on and on and on and on it goes. They have free range to gouge us at every turn and get away with it, says Dan in Mallow. I, got, I remember back in 2006, you're, you've got a great memory because I didn't realise it was that long ago. I remember when the extra balls were added and we were talking about that, how the, the odds of winning the lotto then was going 
up from whatever it was. I think it was, you had a one in, was it a five million chance and it was going up to to a one in an 8.1 million chance of winning. But I remember at the time the argument that was put forward, it's everybody's personal choice whether you decide to do the lottery or not. It is a form of gambling at the end of the day. A lot of people do it for fun. A lot of people do it to dream of what we would do when we, if if and when we win the, the lottery. So it's, it is an individual choice. I can sense your frustration, Dan, and if you're a regular lottery player, it is really, really frustrating. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know when you buy your lottery ticket that you have this one in 8.1 million chance of winning. The difference with what's happened this week and what the lottery came out and announced yesterday was people were buying these particular scratch cards, the congratulations one and the diamond bingo doubler one, believing that they were in with a chance of winning 50,000 or 30,000 euro and they hadn't a hope in hell because because of human error the 50,000 euro the three matches on the 50,000 was never printed on any one of the cards. Now it was only due to be printed on three of them but it didn't go on any single one of them and neither did the one with the the 30,000. So people were being scammed out of their money because they were paying money for something that they were never, never in with a chance of winning. 1850 Bernie taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses. Your success is built on their experience. See hewittcollege.ie A truck driver wanted for livestock haulage that's in the Mitchellstown uh, area while Del Forno Tiles and Timber they're hiring an experienced showroom salesperson it is for their cork store. A steel erector, welder and concrete workers are all wanted for positions to work in Cork City. You need to have update safe pass for that. And dairy farmer wanted for work in the mid-Cork area for general duties including milking, calf rearing and machinery. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And just on the private rent uh, rental situation and my rant for that uh, poor woman who's let 13 days before Christmas to get the letter from the state agency, the landlord is putting up your rent and they're already stretched to the pin of their collar. Uh, and I'm just saying for landlords to justify, how can you justify putting up the rent? What's different this year to last year that justifies you suddenly 13 days before Christmas announcing there's going to be a rent increase from the start of January. James in Bandon says most of the rents that go up, half of it goes to the government. A lot of landlords pay tax on their rental properties so the biggest benefactor is the government. And your point is, James, that justifies a landlord putting up the rent? Reduce the rent and then you pay less tax to the government. That's not, that's not a just, I don't accept that as a justification for increasing anybody's rent. Sorry, James, I don't know, you're barking up the wrong tree with that one. Uh, 1850 Now, uh, for the last few weeks, we've been taking calls from listeners wondering what is happening to the housing development in Formoy on the Pike Road uh, where work has ceased. Labours have been la- laid off at a time when we do have a major housing crisis. Local Councillor Noel McCarthy once again joined 
Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Joins me uh, on this story. Uh, Good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Noel, when we last spoke, you told us there was some kind of a problem between the developer and the contractor. What's the latest and what's happening? The latest is, I, I, I must uh, just say, starting off, I had no contact with the developer, but I have spoken to the housing executive team in County Hall and I have spoken to, to the contractor and I contacted the contractor. The problem is still there. As you said yourself, work has almost ceased. I drove up there on Monday. The gate was closed about half past four. I went up on Tuesday and yesterday and there was some vehicles on site, but very little activity. That is a concern, as we said a couple of weeks ago, Patricia. But the only positive thing is, speaking to both the contractor and to the to the council, there is progress being made. Hopefully, things will be sorted very, very soon. I know four of the houses are completely and utterly ready, and I want again to compliment everyone involved in the project because in less than twelve months, a lot of progress has been made, and the contractor has done the, the work to a very, very high standard. So that's very much appreciated. But if, if four are ready to move into, can can the council not just get the keys and move the people in? Yes, that's the, the, uh, speaking to the housing executive on that, on the four houses, it's only down to the paperwork now. I think when the council will get the houses um, to, in their possession, they pay the developer, who obviously will then pay the, the contractor. That needs to happen straight away so we can get back in line. I also know that there's three houses almost ready, and they'll be ready in January if we get back in line, and another four in March which is all positive news. And, and just remind us, how many into, how many in total in this development? 52 in 52. total. 52. Um, which a progress we've made and an awful lot of them. So we need to get it back in track, Patricia. And that's the most, that's concerning for us all. And I'm, and I'm just not on myself here because I, I'm fearless to my colleagues as well in the Municipal Authority. We've raised it at our last meeting. When it comes to something like this, we work as a team. So we're all trying to get this back online and I must give credit to my colleagues on that as well that we're all working on the same and the four uh, the four that are turnkey ready to go just the, the paperwork to be done they won't be handed out before Christmas now will they 13 days to no, go no I, 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 that's I, a pity no, I, I got an update yesterday so I because I knew I was on the radio this morning 
because of the delay with the paperwork now, I think that could be after Christmas. But I'm very confident that these four will be put up on our CBLs, will be allocated where people can make their uh, applications for them and given out very soon before they... And talking to people about them four houses, Patricia, I heard they're a very, very high standard. And again, I want to compliment the contractor on that. Are they, are, they three, are they three bedded houses? There, there, I think there's a, a, a four bedrooms and three bedrooms. I'm not sure the breakdown of the four, but I know there are three or four. And it could be two of each or three and one. But the, ones, the next three, again, are the same breakdown. And again, the four in March. But the most important thing here, Patricia, is to let people know we need to get back in line. We need to get this contract back up and, and get it back on the time frame that we were told to be finished in the early summer. So if this doesn't happen, well, then we're going to lose the time frame in this. And we need that to happen. Get back in line. Yeah, I can see some people. I can sense the frustration from some people, somebody who passes that site every morning. There's no work going on there. It really is uh, shocking. Somebody says that the story now is that the row is between the owner of the land and the council. The council won't pay for the land. The houses can't be given out because of his health and safety. Is there an issue with the owner of the land? No. no, I heard nothing no. about that. And in all, in all my discussions with the, the housing team, they're very positive about this project. They want it to happen as well. And I can assure you the councillor are doing everything they can from the executive side to get this back in line. There's no negotiations taking place on a, on a daily basis. And I am very confident that this will get back in line. We have a pump house to build as well. I know the contractor has, has, has told that needs to get done. And that needs to, that was supposed to start in January. So obviously that needs to get back in line as well. And that's working with Irish Water. So obviously, as you know yourself, Patricia, if we lose time in any of these projects, well, then we're in trouble and we are our due date will fall back so that's why we and we can't uh, lose time when it comes to housing I mean this sod was turned on the on this back in January of this year wasn't it wasn't that when the sod turning happened and what when the sod was turned what was the time scale when did you hope to have the 52 houses completely finished well that's that's a very good question because we were told at that stage we wouldn't get any house till the summer of 2020. So okay, so they're ahead. Meeting, they're ahead of schedule. Okay. And again, this, the contractor has done wonderful work. And in fairness to the developer, he's kept it up to that. It's only the last couple of weeks the plan arose. So I think we must compliment what they've done so far and just get it back in line. And everyone working together, including the council, needs that to happen. And I think that's the most important. And Patricia, can I just say again, we as elected representatives in the Fumoy area, the Fumoy Minister Authority, are keeping this on the agenda at every opportunity, every meeting we get to make this happen. As I say, working together as a team. And that's very important, I think. Very frustrating and upsetting for people on a house on the housing list, though, and old. I mean, and I'm sure you're hearing from them almost on oh. a daily basis. Yes, they're very frustrated. They know about it. They've heard it and they've read it and they heard it on your programme and they're concerned. And we're getting calls every day about it. And also, I suppose I must mention the workers that were there being laid off before Christmas. That's very upsetting for them as well. And when you lose workers and they go to another job, that's another problem the contractor would have. So we need to get this back in line. And it's not fair to these people to be laid off three weeks before Christmas and, and, and worry where their, their next job is coming from. So I think that's upsetting as well. Okay, so them. so let's let's be positive. We're hoping early in the new year the houses should be, well they are ready, but all the paperwork should be finished on it. So they'll go live then on the choice based letting, isn't it? Up That goes up online. That goes up online where the first four houses will go up. The, the, the people on the housing list have an opportunity to bid, to get to, to put in for their house and then the housing team will look at all applications that are made. 
that's our usual way things are done and we'll continue that way and then the next three will follow on and the next four till we get to the full completion Are you of expecting a massive reaction to our choice I, by, yeah. I, I am. I just give you one example of that, and that's a very good point you made again. In one house stately where it hasn't been allocated yet, in Ratone here in Fomoy, 163 people made an, uh, an application for one house. Oh my that God. Kind of and that's, that's exactly, that's so whole. And people are, and you were speaking about rents before I came on. Yeah. People are up to the people are so worried, Patricia. I meet them every day of the week, and we wish we could wave a magic wand and give everyone a house. But it's so hard, and they're worried, and they're worried about the rent goes up, about the landlord selling. We're facing this on a daily basis. So it's, it's one of my biggest problems I face as a elected representative, no doubt about it. And you feel yeah, sorry. And I, I, yeah, and my, my heart is broken by the woman who's contacted us this morning, you know, getting the letter. Her day off is a Wednesday, and the postman comes, and yeah. I mean, she saw the letter, realised, oh my God, knew what it was going to be. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be picking on landlords, Noel, but isn't it very hard to justify putting up putting up uh, rents? They seem to be going up all the time just because you know you can get away with it. But I, I think they must stop and think themselves. I think they're really being unfair to people. I, I know there is some very good landlords out there where I'd want to paint them all with the same brush, but some people get greedy and get carried away and, and sending anyone a letter before Christmas to worry and put that worry on. You can't justify that. And I, I, and I feel that's very, very harsh to do that to any person. I really can't understand that. All right, and just as you're on the line, somebody's been on by text saying, Patricia, while you have Councillor Noel McCarthy on, would you ask him about the mobile homes at the cemetery in Fomoy? Uh, when is it going to be moved? They were right, eyesore. And somebody else says, can Noel McCarthy get those mobiles, uh, that mobile moved, particularly with Christmas, so many people will be going to the cemetery to visit uh, to, on Christmas Day. It's They're not living there, are they, the family that were there? Yeah. They're not there at the moment, but I, 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 and we have a meeting next Tuesday. I know it's on the agenda to be discussed. I've been fighting all the time, not just for mobile home in Kilcumper, but anywhere we have in for my, uh, we need. It's not the right thing to do. We need to work, and every everybody must work together to solve this problem. How we're going to do? It. And I can understand the frustration of people going to Kilcumper to visit their loved ones and see this. There is it's not a, a site that you should be looking at. You're upset enough without putting up with that, and I can understand that. But we are working on it and, and t- speaking to officials every opportunity we get and it's you have the guards involved here as well so it's a very very hard thing to, to solve and it's going on t- far too long now Patricia far okay. too long you see, you see you appear to be working flat out ok listen yeah. Noel thank you for that and in case we don't speak before Christmas have a happy Christmas and, and, uh, and many happy returns Patricia and thanks for joining us Good, good morning to you. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, from my based uh, councillor Noel McCarthy. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Some of your calls uh, coming in. James Imbrury says the government is supposed to protect the people, but a large proportion of them are landlords themselves. They shouldn't be in the door as they would be legislating against... They should not be in the doll as they'd be legislating against um, themselves. Well, yeah, I don't think you can blame blame it all down to the landlords, but you are right, down to the landlords that are in the doll, you are right, some of them are uh, landlords. Um, 1850 And another listener says, Trisha, you've hit the nail on the head. This is about the rent going up when you said that one word, justified. And it's the same with all of the people. It is very hard to justify. Yeah, I just, I mean, not that landlords have to do that, but wouldn't it be great if when landlords, we had some law in place that when the landlords were putting up rent, they had to justify why they needed the extra rent from your house. 
would be great if we could introduce that but okay, that's not going to happen for sure okay we need to take a break and we are back with Sergeant John Kelly on this week's Carly File you're listening to Cork Today on Replay phone and text lines are currently closed Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And we're going to the station where I'm joined by Sergeant John Kelly. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome. And you want to start by putting out an alert for a car. And this was a burglary that happened in Kilbehenny. That's that's correct, Patricia. Uh, I suppose we mentioned there uh, the last time I was on uh, crime that's happening across in the belt from North Kerry, South Limerick, North Cork. Um, but there's a number of cars that we're interested uh, in looking out for. Uh, one is the black Audi A3. Uh, there's a black Opel Astra. Now, they're both, uh, both of those two are hatchback versions. Now, the third car is a car that I suppose first surfaced at a job in Kilfin and go back a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was seen, or it was uh, at the Three Counties Bar there in Kilbehany, uh going back on the 2nd, uh, 12.30 a.m., uh, early on the 2nd, that's on, on Monday, where they forced the door and, t- and took a cigarette machine. Um, this is a car, uh, I suppose, it was also seen there on the 19th of November, last up in County Limerick. It's a red Volkswagen Golf with a sunroof, uh, black alloys. The rear right light appears to be broken in that car. Now, from... Looking at video of the car, I would t- I would say it's probably from about one three one up, you know. So it's a relatively new car. It's a car that has been manufactured within the last six years, but it's on the go. It seems to be always on the go at night time. So it's been planked somewhere during the day, and we'd be very interested for many listeners in uh, in County Limerick, North Kerry, North Cork, um, of any uh, of the travels of that car where it has been planked, if there is any uh, any suspicions of where it's been kept, um, guarding it for my 025-8100 or indeed any guard station. Now, again last night, that car was also on the move um, in, in the area North Cork and, and South County Limerick because uh, four males there arrived in a red golf, uh, went through the front door of a pub there in um, Main Street there in Ballylanders. They were wearing uh, tracksuits, hoodies up, they left in Mitchell's sound direction um, uh, after uh, after after taking a, a cigarette machine. Now, this was about 4.30 in the morning. Now, earlier in the night, that car was at about uh, at about 3.30. That car there went, went to, um, uh, was in Ballyhooley uh, attempting a job in the sur- on, on the service station there, you know. So, so they travel around. It's, yeah, it's traveling around. It's a it's, uh, high-speed car. You know, traveling around, uh, doing jobs. You know, in a broad belt of the of the country. As I said, North Kerry, South Limerick, uh, North Cork. You know, so it's co- it's got to be parked up somewhere during the day. It's parked up somewhere during yeah. the day, and and like it's quite a distinctive car. Okay. You know, uh, as I said, just to go over it again, uh, red VW Golf with sunroof, manufactured any time from one three one on. I'd say you know, okay, uh, black alloys rear right light broken. We'd be very interested in the whereabouts of that car, or if indeed any of your listeners are in a position to assist us with who they have seen uh, driving it in the recent past. Um, because it, it, it is responsible for quite a crime in, in, in the southern region, you know, not just Narcar, but across the southern region, you know. 
Um, okay, catalytic converters. We mentioned this. It was stolen from a, a car that was parked in a disabled bay, which I think just added to, yes. to, the, to the drama yes. of, of this particular story. Uh, are you fearful that there's a gang going around robbing catalytic converters? It's something that's on the, on the increase. Uh, in, in Dublin, it's happening with a while. There was a spike in it, I suppose, going back seven or eight years ago. Um, this particular one, you know, when I look into it, it seems to be a car that has a higher wheelbase than others. So it's quite easy to get under it. And, of course, with uh, uh, possibly, we believe, a battery-powered angle grinder was used. But it was in a very, um, it was in a car park. I suppose I would describe it in a way as being quiet. But I'd ask people if they're parking in a car park, you know, a large car park, the mart there in, in, in here in Fermoy, that if they see any unusual activity, you know, just pause for a minute and, you know, keep the weather eye open. And if they see anything unusual, just give us a quick, quick ring there. Um, or indeed any guard station just to come down that you've uh, seen suspicious activity, you know. But um, recently we had a situation as well where uh, the guard stopped an individual um, for, for, for dangerous driving out on the motorway and he had quite a number of catalytic converters uh, with him, which we haven't been able to source. But the problem is that, you, you know, there are rare earth metals you know, of various descriptions in those catalytic converters, the main ones being palladium and rhodium as well. Which and these are expensive metals. They're expensive metals yeah. that can turn That's up why they're being stolen. They're not being stolen to put them into other cars. Precisely. They're being, they're being stolen for the metals. Precisely. Yeah. Now, I'm not just, I, I suppose, in a way, warning. Uh, I, I'm warning scrappers here as well because uh, I, I do remember in the past scrapyards were uh, targeted, you, you know, where scrapyards had taken already, say, the the catalytic converters off cars that were being scrapped and they were keeping in, in a part of the, uh, you know, of the scrapyard and they were broken into uh, and they taken from, from, from scrapyards, you know. So, uh, look, as I said, while it has, and this is the first one I have seen in this area for quite a long time, but I just want to give the warning now so that people are off uh, with the fact that it could, uh, it could reoccur it could on a larger scale. And it's, you know? it's expensive, isn't it, to replace in a car? Uh, you're talking about, I suppose, about a thousand. Wow. wow. You know, oh, so, yeah. it's, so it's very, very expensive. Okay. Um, I'd also, at this time of year, you know, say it to chemist shops as well. You know, chemist shops in particular with large Christmas displays of high-value perfume gift sets, yeah. you know, they're likely to be targeted. Now, we haven't seen anything to date, but the next couple of weeks, you know, likely to be targeted by gangs that travel around from time to time. And we find that gangs this time of year, they move out of the city centre locations because they find security is too heavy at shops in the city centre. They move out and, and they will, 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 will find shops in, in country towns um, that will also have this type of good, you know. Um, so just be careful and up, exactly. on, and up your security. So and Patricia, I'd just like to thank the OC103, okay. yourself, all the staff of C103, and your listeners for all your uh, help and assistance throughout uh, 2019. Look, we can't quantify exactly, you know, what you've achieved, you know, for us, but we have had very beneficial phone calls uh, following crime call broadcast that assisted us in the solving of various crimes. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to thank, think as well that some of the... Uh, some of the advice we've given on various things, you know, have had a preventative, you, you, you know, result, you know, and uh, maybe preventing similar crimes and just getting people basically, basically to lock up and to light up. And to uh, get the warning out to people. There's a question absolutely. in actually came in earlier and I've just seen it come back in again yes. saying when you have uh, Sergeant John Kelly on, on the programme today, could you ask him please to solve a, a settle a dispute? Do you have 10 days to tax your car after the expiry date? I'm saying no, says John in Mill Street, but my workmates are saying you do. 
What's that's the legality around you? The tax expiring on your car? Do you have ten days to tax it? Yeah, yeah, that would, would be right. You know, you tax it as soon as you can. You know, um, I mean, g- generally speaking, there's no hard and uh, hard and fast rule. You know, but I mean, you uh, like if you approach a checkpoint, you know, like obviously if the tax is only expired within the last seven or eight days, you know, uh, it wouldn't be expected that you'd be getting, you know, getting a ticket. You know that there would be, yeah, you know, a grace period. You know, that's but, that, is that, but that is at the discretion of the individual guard, is it? it? Would be at the discretion yeah. of the individual guard, you know. But the main thing is that, uh, you know, that the next tax day starts from when the last one expired. You yeah. know, um, and that, you do get you uh, do get notification that your tax is running you do out. Get notification, and I know nowadays, you know, most notifications arriving, you know, by by email, and they're arriving, you know, a good month in advance. You know. Yeah, but I'm I'm not happy with the email one because you don't always see all your emails. I, I still prefer the physical letter coming through the letterbox. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see uh, where you're coming from in that, Patricia. You know, I yeah. know. I know. I suppose I. I've the last number of years. I just get it on email myself, um, and I think more and more we've seen all states. Yeah, but I think Everything if, if you don't, if you don't react to that email straight away, and then it goes down the list on your emails, you can forget about it. Absolutely. Whereas if you have a physical letter in front of you, you'll see it looking at you. Uh, you yeah. And I think we're all inclined to do that, you yeah. know, that if you have the physical letter, it's it's sitting there, you know, where where is emails? You're, you're right. You're very right. People can't forget. Leave it one okay. but, but the you... main thing is that uh, somebody that are, that there is basically no loss of revenue, revenue to the state. OK. You know, so, but, but, but discretion but, but, is a very important thing, say, for, 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 for the guard to use. And look, we all know, look, if something has expired and it's expired, you, you know, a few days, most, most fellas... We'll say, yes. we'll say, get your tax and, yes. and, 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 bring, and bring it in and show us that you have it done sort of thing. Precisely. All right. OK, John, we leave it there. Listen, thank you for that. Have a great Christmas. Thank and, you, and Patricia. Thank you for thank all, you your, all your slots throughout the year. You've been great as always. Thanks very uh, it's much, been a pleasure. Thank Thanks for that. Bye-bye. That is uh, Sergeant John Kelly, who is based at Fomoy Garda Station, joining us for this week's uh, Garda File. 1850-333-103. Don't forget, if you've got pet questions, get them in because uh, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket will be joining us after half past 12 today. So if you've got a pet question, uh, let us know and we can get your questions answered by uh, Jane. Um, now we had a call and my apologies that I didn't get to this question, but we've got the answer for Tom and Donnerill. Tom and Donnerill was on asking me if, if I would ask John Kelly, the guards, the sergeant. He, uh, Tom applied for his new driver's licence uh, but it hasn't come back yet and he's older and is out of date today and he's wondering is it still okay to drive so we got back on to Sergeant John Kelly who says to tell Tom and Donnerell yes you're absolutely fine to drive away because legally you have your driving licence you just physically don't have it in your hand so there won't be any problem at all Tom you can get into your car and you can go off for your drive Just picking up on some of your calls coming in firstly reacting to Sergeant John Kelly who joined us on Guard the File I'm assuming uh, this listener says Patricia those same thugs came out to our village in Crookstown I'm assuming uh, um, was this listener talking about the ones in the the red VW Golf with the sunroof? Um, I, I don't know if it's that group or the catalytic converter group. Anyway, this listener said a, a gang of criminals, thugs is the word that's been used, came out the other night. They stole a lot of Christmas lights and transformers and what they couldn't take, they damaged. That just... 
Oh, nothing better. Oh, stealing for the well, not for the sake of stealing. They'll sell them on, but it's awful to think that somebody can put up a light display and you get up in the morning to have it stolen. Shocking, absolutely shocking. Shame on them. Uh, shame on them. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. And John Imana was on to say this is on the car tax and how long do you get? If you're, when your car tax is out John says you've got one month grace to tax your car but it'll be back dated anyway to whenever it's due so it doesn't save you any money I don't know if I'd be trusting a one month grace I when I put it to the question that we were I was asked to put to John Kelly was one week if your car was out by one week and you were stopped by the Gardaí he said and it will be at the discretion of a Garda Siakani you have to remember that but they, at the discretion and most guards will say yeah look away and do it I don't know if I'd be holding out for the month but you are right you don't save yourself any money by waiting and by prolonging car, taxing your car your car has to be taxed and Stephen in County Kerry says I also have a question Patricia but I tuned in too late just as you're Sergeant John Kelly was was leaving and I don't want you to call the sergeant back a second time but somebody else may know the answer to this. Is it or is it not illegal to drive with your front fog lights on when visibility is good? Because, says our Stephen, I am sick of being blinded at night by glaring fog lights both by cars coming against me and driving behind cars. Do people know if it is illegal or not? I actually don't need to ring Sergeant John Kelly because I did a quick search for the Road Safety Authority who govern all of these things. And Stephen, you're right. It is illegal to use your lights to dazzle drivers coming towards you. So switching on your fog lights just in rainy conditions is not allowed and you could be fined if you're caught using them incorrectly. So when you're driving in foggy conditions, because it's the one thing, and I know if you ever hear the AA talking when they do the AA road watch, they're always reminding listeners to turn off your fog lights when you come out of foggy conditions. And it's one of those things a lot of people forget about it. But Stephen in County Kerry is right. It can be dazzling and you can be blinded and it can cause an accident and it is illegal. So if you're caught, you could be fined. So please, people, remember, turn off your fog lights when they are not needed. Can we do our competition? We can. I'm looking at the time. Where are we at? Quarter past 12. Perfect. This is Sue's Asian Street Food. They're based at 4 Spa Square in Malham. They've updated their menu with their nutritionist, Lucy Highland. And the idea is is to give you a healthy menu with natural natural fresh goodness and it's to keep you at your very best and they deliver right to your door. And very kindly this week, every day, they have given us three 50 euro vouchers per day for Sue's Asian street food to give away. What are we doing? We're chopping up a song, putting it in the wok and then we play it. What is this? All right, and that I have to say is my first time hearing it, and I'm after getting it first time because for some of the other songs during the week, I was saying to John Paul, they are very hard. There was one in particular, it took me ages to get it. Let me play this again. You should know this. So we need you to text the name of this song. Are the artist, I'll take the I'll take the artist or the name of the song, please, along with your name and address. Text WhatsApp only, please, 0862 103 103. <laughs> Okay, text us with your answer on that. We leave it open for 10 minutes and then we will select three listeners who, with the correct answers, and our three listeners will win a 50 euro voucher for Sue's Asian street food in Mallow. Get 
texting or whatsapping only please on that and also don't forget we're taking your pet questions if you want to give Bernie a call with a pet question you can 1850 let me look at some more of your texts coming in line dancing tonight in Clondroheed Hall at half past seven says this text which says see you there hee haw bring your Santa hat that's exactly what the text said and I'm reading exactly what it says in the text uh, have a great night if anybody wants to go line dancing tonight now on my little bit of a rant earlier about rent going up because um, I, I have a heavy heart with the listener who contacted us this morning who got that letter in the post from the estate agent to say the rent is going up and they really are ready stretched as it is I take from the text both herself and her partner are both out at work she only gets to hear me on a Wednesday because that's her day off and you know they've got all the bills to pay and the food and everything else that goes with it and it's coming up to Christmas and the only way they're going to be able to get the money together for the additional rent for next year uh, from January is food they're going to have to cut back on food and clothing because they can't you can't cut back on anything else all the rest of the bills have to be paid and I know I had a bit of a rant earlier on some landlords are taking umbrage with me but I, I knew that was going to happen one listener says uh, Patricia thank you so much for having that rant it is going on and is going on for about the last two years and also says Patricia those poor nuns the other day down in Lep Sister Irene and Sister Anne-Marie and they brought to court by Cork County Council and they've no choice now but to leave and and this and these people can do this what is it like it's a disgrace uh, Patricia says this listener uh, yeah but Sister Irene uh, broke planning laws you can't even though she's a nun and it was awful to see nuns in court I would be the first to see it particularly the Carmelite nuns and the way they were dressed and it, it was awful to see it and they're carrying their child of Prague statue and you couldn't help but feel sorry for them but Laws are there for a reason and we all have to abide by them. And if we were to suddenly, if Cork County Council was suddenly to say, ah, it's OK, we'll leave, them, we'll leave them breach the planning laws because they're nuns, there would be a bigger hoo-ha. And everyone is saying, we have to stick to the planning laws. And God knows planning laws are quite rigid. So I can understand where the Cork County Council are coming from. But yes, you can't help but have sympathy for the nuns. And we will wait and watch this story with interest to see what happens because Sister Irene and Sister Anne-Marie has until April and then they're back in court for sentencing if but we're hoping by then they will have moved I think it's down to East Cork there's a house being prepared as we speak for them Now John in charge of us says Patricia I'm sick of all of the complaining about rents and homelessness etc does anybody go out and get a mortgage anymore and actually pay for their own house I travel 30 miles one way to work and my wife travels 40 miles the other way to work just for us to pay €1,500 a month in for our mortgage. There seems to be this attitude in this country that it's the government's duty to provide a house for you. What's wrong with you getting off your own ass and earning a roof over your own head? Even the birds build their own nest. Unless you're a cuckoo. I think we have a lot of cuckoos in this country. And not only that, we are bringing them in from all over the world. And we want to give them a house too. Look, I know, says John, that there are some people trying and on small wages who can't afford mortgages. Yes, please, by all accounts, help them. But there are also a lot of them who don't want to do anything and they want to get a free house. The middle working class people are keeping this country going. It is a pure joke, says John in uh, Charleville, who makes a lot of very valid points. And I 
have huge sympathy for that squeezed middle that we're always talking about that always seems to get hammered whenever there seems to be cuts or increases it's always the squeezed middle but John you are also right when you say there are also you say some I think a lot there are a lot of people out there like our listener who contacted us this morning you know two incomes coming into the house paying this exorbitant rent in some cases and no choice but to pay the rent very hard to run the house and if there's children involved and try and save for a mortgage I would have heard from people who contacted us who tried to get a mortgage and who can't they're above the they earn too much to get a social house they earn too much to get a council house and yet when they go to the bank the bank says you don't earn enough for a mortgage they are the people they're another squeezed middle that would be for the rest of their lives renting we've spoken and there's statistics out there showing we've a lost generation who will never own their own house you're in a lucky position that you own your own house you're unlucky that you both have to travel such long distances in order to make the money to pay the mortgage and I feel for you on that regard but there are you can't, there, there are some people and there will always be and there always has been people in this country and all over the world who want everything for free. We're never going to get rid of those people. They've always been there before and they will be there in future generations and you will see it. It almost runs in cycles in families. You will have entire families who, three generations who've never worked. They don't want to work. They're never going to work and they're the ones who feel they're entitled to everything and they'll rant and rave at the government and they'll want their house and they'll probably shout the loudest and they will get their houses. But don't tar everyone with that brush because there are good, decent, honest people, John, listening to this programme who are breaking their backs working and they're literally doing it just to pay rent in the private sector because they will never be able to afford a home with the strict criteria that we have for mortgages, which I know has to be in place because what happened the last time when we were giving out mortgages to anyone and everyone and 100% mortgages and over 100% mortgages and that came back to bite everybody. So, um, but but I feel your pain as well. I absolutely feel your pain uh, as well. And uh, I don't know how far into your mortgage you are, but hopefully one day you will be mortgage free and then you will have the luxury of owning your own or your own home. Now, and I'm thank you for your text, by the way. I'm assuming that Mary is a landlord and comes in in defence of landlords when I said, what is the difference between this year and last year and how can the land Lord with our listener who got the letter today. How does that landlord justify putting up that lady's at rent? Mary says. Have you heard of property tax? I have. Increase in insurance, estate agent costs, management costs, mortgage interest relief being abolished, mortgage interest being increased if not on a fixed rate and the cost of copper increasing. I don't know what that's to do with this. Anyway, new regulations in electricity requiring a larger earth cable, which costs more. Now, I get confused at this part because I don't understand what all this is. And from next year, MCP will be illegal for lights and will require an RCD. Now, I know an RCD, that is a residual current device that's to protect anything going wrong with the electrics, isn't it? Anyway, you'll require one of those. So costs will go from €5 Euro to €25 Euro per RCD, says Mary. So I'm, you're getting a bit technical at the end of all that. OK, so what you're saying, Mary, as a landlord, landlady, things are going up. Well, what I'd like to know is 
break it down show me in the costs show me how much is the rent at the moment how much extra you're going to have to pay next year and how much extra you are charging your tenants is it one tenant two tenants have you more tenants are you a large landlord I still reckon now there are some landlords who became landlords by default and they're renting out one house and they're probably the most decent of all of the landlords that we would have heard about but then there are big scale landlords who have lots and lots of properties and if you're saying it's that so therefore the cost will go up across all of the properties but no doubt they'll put the rent up across all of it as well so break it down into pounds shillings and pence at Mary I'd love to see them is it is it justifiable and is that what is happening and are all landlords doing it if all landlords costs are going up is every single landlord asking their tenant for more because we're not certainly not hearing that we're only hearing it from uh, some 1850-333-103 and to the listener who suggested that wasn't it was Ed I'm sure in Mallow suggested for penny dinners when they were listening to Katrina Toomey earlier uh, Eddie Mallow had suggested to stop people donating dirty items and dirty soiled duvets and dirty soiled underwear putting them into bags and handing them into Cork penny dinners thinking homeless people can use these items and the dog blankets blankets the dogs slept in covered in dog hairs and thinking usher a homeless person that's a blanket for a homeless person no it's not a blanket for a homeless person and Ed had suggested that what Penny Dinner should do is put cameras and then they could link, they could go back through the bags and link who dropped in that bag and then return it to them. I don't know what you would do then when you would find out who dropped in the bag. Someone says, that suggestion of cameras is a crazy, crazy idea. Most of the bags are black, so it would be impossible to link a particular bag to a particular person. It would also take extra personnel to check the cameras. People just need to cop on and act responsibly when donating to charities. That is the simple answer, says this uh, texter to 0862103103. Keep your texts and your calls coming, please, with a reminder that we are looking for texts please for texts and calls for Jane Pickett our resident vet will be joining us after half past 12 today you can get those in as well 1850 you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie Skibbereen Library are having a lovely social morning of music at their gramophone recycle it is happening this morning and it's on now if you'd like to pop along. A coffee morning in aid of the Mallow branch of the National Council for the Blind will be held in McSweeney's Shoe Shop in Mallow. It's underway as we speak. Your support would be, or is that on tomorrow? Sorry, my apologies. That's on tomorrow morning from half past ten. Your support would be much appreciated. There's also a coffee morning tomorrow in aid of the Hope Foundation. That's in Centre Hurley. He's in Mallow tomorrow morning between 9am and 12 noon. And this Sunday, Charleville's Senior Citizens Party will be held in the St Vincent de Paul rooms between 2 and 4. Music is by Dan Donovan. Lots of prizes and refreshments and all are very welcome. Skibbereen Country Market, they're holding their Christmas fair tomorrow. It's on from 11.30 to 2pm in Abbey Strury Hall in Skibbereen. Lots of homemade cakes, crafts and lots more. And uh, as I am, the National Autism Charity, they've launched All Is Calm. It's a campaign to raise 
awareness of the difficulties that autistic people face at Christmas. Businesses and individuals are encouraged to host autism-friendly coffee mornings this Christmas to raise funds for As I Am, while also encouraging people to just take a moment of calm amidst the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. And you can find out more by going to asiam.ie forward slash all is calm. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Okay, and you can stop texting us please on our competition for the voucher for Sue's Asian street food in Mallow. We will be selecting our winners and I'll let you know who's won in a couple of minutes. But I just want to give a mention when when I mentioned the Road Safety Authority a couple of minutes ago when wasn't it Stephen in Kerry was asking about the fog lights and is it illegal to drive with your fog lights on when it isn't foggy and I checked with the RSA and uh, it is illegal and you could and can be fined if you're caught driving. So just remember please to switch off uh, your fog lights but while I'm on about the road safety can I just give the heads up to people because I know that this television ad caused it was it was controversial but I know it caused upset to some people not everybody liked it other people thought it was a powerful ad and that we needed to see it all the more and I'm speaking of course about the ad that features Noel Clancy from Kilworth whose lovely wife Geraldine and beautiful daughter Louise were killed in a collision with an unaccompanied learner driver and actually the anniversary of their death will be will be coming up soon uh, goodness me and remember the ad that was made and it aired last year from December through to February and it was an ad just trying to highlight the dangers of unaccompanied drivers and the ad when it aired last year coincided with the Clancy Amendment which then made it it was always illegal for an unaccompanied for a learner driver to drive without a fully accompanied uh, driver but it brought in much stricter rules like the prosecution of the vehicle owners who allow the vehicle uh, to be driven by an unaccompanied driver the Clancy Amendment came in on December the 22nd last year which was the third anniversary of Geraldine and Louise's death so we're coming up to their fourth anniversary but the ad was was on TV and as I say it proved it was controversial and certainly in the area of North Cork and the Kilworth area I think it just divided it completely divided uh, people and there was people that absolutely I mean everybody has sympathy for Noel Clancy Jesus nobody's ever going to take away from the pain and uh, his uh, loss but some people thought it was it was against the girl who was driving the car that it was so difficult on her she has to live with it for the rest of her life and there was just we got a mixed reaction is the best way of putting it to that ad and I remember at the time we had people on saying that ad needs to end why is it still going on and I remember we contacted the Road Safety Authority certainly in January we had a number of calls in about it saying why is it still on and we were told that it would run until the early February and then it was withdrawn in early February but they did say to us they said to us at the time we will be showing that ad again that we they make these ads and they put a lot of time and effort, a lot of money goes into the making of these ads. So they're not just shown once and then dropped. Normally what happens is they retire them for a while and then they bring them back again. So uh, it seems that the Clancy Amendment ad and the ad about unaccompanied drivers is going to be shown again. And it's going to be shown in the new year. It was due because I remembered when we contacted them earlier in the year, they said that they were going to show it again in October and it didn't. It wasn't shown again in October. And the reason for that was it was put back to allow for the broadcast of the ad support in the introduction of the new 
overtaking of the cyclists. You know, those road safety ads we've seen about the cyclists. So they decided to put that one on instead. But they have so they've now decided that the ad is going to run in the new year. Now, I don't know for how long but it is going to run in January. So just to let people know, because as I say, people, for those that are upset by the ad, to warn you that it is coming back and that it is uh, coming on and, and will be seen uh, in the new year. Uh, 1850-333-103. Bernie is taking your calls. We are looking for your pet questions, please, if you have a pet question for Jane Pickett, because Jane will be joining us in studio, answering all of your pet questions after the break. So any pet questions, get those into us. Um, you can call our text to WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Or today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And uh, Jane Pickett joins us from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, uh, part of the Ministry Veterinary Group, live in studio. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. Uh, before I get to that, I just want to give, quickly give out the answers to our quiz for the 50 euro voucher for Sue's Asian street food in Mallow and our winners today was Bob Marley was the song Three Little Birds Don't Worry we were also accepting as the name of the song as well uh, Catherine Lenahan won Ard Naclashlin in Niscarol congratulations Catherine Gabriel Tully is in Nad Village congratulations Gabriel and Mary Healy in of Gertner Grega in Mallow has won congratulations you'll each be receiving a 50 euro, euro voucher from Sue's Asian Street Food in Mallow and we do that all over again Sorry about that, uh, Jane. You're, you're very welcome. OK, let me get straight into questions for you. And starting with one that came in from a Jane in Mallow, your namesake. Ah. I have a good few cats, she says, but cat flu has gotten into the place, is how she's described it. Mm-hmm. How do you prevent cat flu and what do you do for the cats that now have cat flu? They're eating fine, but some are sneezing very heavy with one I would, I would class having a very violent sneeze. Oh, goodness. OK, this can be a really big problem, particularly if you have a multi cat household so preventing cat flu to a certain degree can be achieved through vaccination so a fair few of the components actually in the normal let's say annual cat vaccine we would give would actually be against types of cat flu okay Okay. so some of them mainly the viral ones there's different things like caliche virus herpes virus lots of fancy names basically there's two things that can happen to cause a cat flu Sometimes you can get a little virus, something they'll pick up. Sometimes those viruses blow over and they'll have sniffles for a little while and then they'll be gone for good. Sometimes we can get a lot more stubborn viruses and they're the really worrisome ones which get into the system. Um, you'll get a little bit of a cold, a bit of a sniffle and then it'll all die down and the virus hides within the body. And then when we get stressed, as cats do sometimes, it'll come out again. You'll get these repeated bouts of sniffles and they're really problematic. So... By far, cat flu can really be quite a frustrating thing, particularly if you have multiple cats because they'll all kind of feed off each other. Um, and the very and nature the of a virus, it'll pass from one it'll to the pass. other if they're not in, 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 having if got their they're injections. Not exactly, that's the thing. Now, we do sometimes get, let's say, cats that may have had, uh, a, let's say, a rough start in life, as lots of cats in the country do, and they're, let's say, later rehomed. Um, if they hadn't been vaccinated early in life, sometimes if they're exposed to any of these viruses, they can be a lot more prone to getting sniffles later in life, like we say when they get a little bit stressed the virus will come out. The problem a lot of the time is once the immune system is a little bit weakened, we can get lots of opportunistic bacteria that like to scuttle in and cause problems. And that a lot of the time is, is let's say, the sneezing, the coughing that we see. So a lot of the clinical signs are to do to that. I think there's two things. To prevent, vaccinate. 
if you already have the sniffles or have had the sniffles in the past a visit to your vet is warranted depending on how your cat is doing you may need some antibiotics or some anti-inflammatories to help particularly the cat over. with the violent sneezing yeah, yeah. particularly that sounds, sounds quite worrisome yeah. i think if they're feeling unwell like ourselves i think there's there's something to be to keep in mind if like ourselves sometimes we'll have a bit of a cough or cold and it'll pass over and we won't need antibiotics and in that case we, sh- we shouldn't really have them and our doctor will be able to best judge whether that's the case or not it's very much the same for our dogs and cats if we have an animal and it's very low level infection and like ourselves if it's the equivalent of a head cold and it'll blow over we really don't think it's a good idea sometimes to prescribe antibiotics because we're okay. trying to do our bit as part of the wider medical community to reduce antibiotic use. So we need to use our antibiotics when they're necessary at the right dose. Same as with the and, humans. And to complete yeah. the full course exactly like we do with humans. So trust your vet on this one. If they think antibiotics are required, go with it and follow the instructions really well. If they don't think antibiotics are required, trust their judgment on okay. it. Very much like doctors, a lot of the time we actually feel a lot of pressure to prescribe antibiotics that's what the owner wants people feel but, um, I've come to the vet and exactly. I'm not leaving without my prescription and you know what in 10 years time if we're not careful we'll end up in a position where we don't have those antibiotics Ad- antibiotic resistance so yeah. it's particularly a problem with this let these sniffly cats little coughs and colds and dogs but go to your vet get checked out and they'll be able to guide you Okay, John says, hi, Jane and Patricia. My cat uh, didn't last. He was there on Friday when I fed him or her in the morning. Oh, this was this is a stray cat and all the food in the morning was gone. Came home Friday evening and the small cat was gone. The cat was slightly bigger than my hand. Oh, oh this was the this little was kitten. This was the little one. Yeah. This is the little kitten. All right. Uh, well, he's gone off. Maybe he's moved off to cats are great for moving off to yeah, uh, to her. They're they're good hunters for food. Yeah. <laughs> they're very opportunistic. If they think they're going to get a snack somewhere, they'll go there. It could have moved um, off and found another home. Yeah. You 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 never know, John. You never know. But you did your bit. That's exactly. that's the main thing. Okay, could you please ask Jane your vet? My Labrador is shredding, shedding an awful lot of hair. Is this normal for this time of year? The place is destroyed with hair. Mm, it can be certainly. Pets will shed hair. Um, it's like ourselves a natural part of kind of coat turnover for them it's a bit more seasonal than it is for us and this time of year very common what I would say is Labradors particularly we think a lot of the time most people would think well I don't really need to groom them or brush them out because they're reasonably short haired it's actually you know they don't get matted as quickly as let's say a long haired or curly haired pet would do but actually there's a lot of kind of deep coat um, the fluffier stuff that hides underneath the nice silky stuff on the outside that can shed an awful lot and sometimes a really easy solution is to brush out your dog's coat so visit your your vet or your groomer they'll be able to guide you as to what brush is most appropriate for your dog's coat and just get into the habit of giving them a really good brush now normally one thing that can really help with shedding is doing regular grooming at a, a professional groomer's because I know a lot of the time I, I walk down into our, our lovely grooming suite downstairs in our practice and Nicole, our fabulous groomer, will have got an absolute mountain of hair off dogs that you wouldn't think there'd be anything to shed out of. And the owners will sometimes say, oh, it's incredible. They're not shedding anymore. And that's because we've brushed them out really well and use a special hairdryer which kind of blasts out any of the, the loose hair from the coat. So they end up in a much tidier um, kind of coat condition. And it's a little bit easier to manage at home because I know yeah, having you don't, you don't expect to, you don't expect Labradors to no, shred, but they do, they yeah. do, they really do have that coat which 
can surprise you. There's a lot of hair in there and there is a lot of shedding. So I think brushing, but maybe speak to your professional groomer about a regular But it is the routine. time of year. It is the time yeah, of year. Yeah, so it's nothing, yeah. yeah, there's nothing completely wrong with your dog. No, but no. I can understand why you're saying the house, the house is absolutely destroyed. Uh, a Jack Russell pup says another listener, six months, six months of age, uh, eating and chewing everything, even my timber fence. Oh, Would no. Jane have any suggestions, please? Oh dear, this is a problem that we see all of the time. Um, I think it's quite a dangerous one as well because if we're eating and chewing everything someday we're going to eat and chew and swallow something we're not meant to and that can be really serious because we can end up with a, a blockage in the intestines which can be life-threatening um, if not treated swiftly and appropriately. Um, it's really difficult. They are very much like toddlers picking up and putting everything in their mouths at that point. They are learning about the world by chewing on it. Uh, sometimes it is just picking things up and going oh so that's what that feels like and they're not causing much destruction sometimes it's more destructive bored behaviour so I think a lot of the time the puppies that really go at things and tear things apart are the ones that are really seeking mental stimulation like they are absolutely like little sponges at that age they just want things to occupy their brain they're trying to learn everything from the world around themselves so if they're really being destructive and trying to tear things apart you need to redirect that energy to something more positive Okay. So I think if you give them, let's say, puzzle toys or safer toys that they can really chew and gnaw on or maybe roll around to get the odd treat out of, that's a far more constructive thing to do. And if you can just direct their energy towards that, that would be really, really positive. I think for safety's sake, if there are particular objects that he keeps trying to tear apart, if you can restrict his access to those just for his own safety, yeah, the, if you can try and get him kind of redirected the timber, onto the timber The timber fence in particular, because bits of timber are not yeah. the best thing for him to be swallowing. No, they're not. They're and really he will sharp. go out of it, but you need to work on that it doesn't yeah. become acquired behaviour. Exactly, yeah. you do. Just, just work on it. And Rose in Blackrock, seven-year-old cat dribbling a lot. It's only come on the last couple of days uh, dribbling uh, you can actually see the dribble dribbling Mm. from the cat's mouth he's a seven year old neutered male but people are starting to comment Ah okay (laughs) so there's there's one or two things that could be going on here I think either way you need a visit to your vet dribbling can sometimes be because we're feeling a little bit ill um, a little bit nauseous wanting to vomit Um, and sometimes cats will secretly scuttle off and do their vomits elsewhere and we may never see but sometimes drooling is a a symptom of feeling ill but a lot of the time common things are common teeth problems are one of the key causes of drooling they really are so if you're noticing a bad toothache toothache or let's say a problem within the tooth or the mouth or even a scratch or a, a little let's say object stuck in the mouth can sometimes cause drooling I think I would visit your vet in this case they will I suppose the one word of warning I'd say is a lot of cats will let you examine their mouth while they're awake a lot won't but a lot won't no. so your vet will be best able to judge whether your cat will need any let's say calming drugs yeah, to facilitate safe and anxiety free at, at seven would you be expecting some maybe dental decay bit of problem depends on the diet okay. so it really really is diet dependent I think there's a vast majority of cats at that age would not have a huge amount of dental problems it's usually into their teens but if they've been fed a a soft food diet with no kind of crunchiness in it then that's not going to be great for their dental health Um, that's why the dried food is so important the dried food is so important like in a perfect world we'd always be brushing our pets teeth every day 
but you know life happens and that may not always yeah. be possible but at the very least i'd normally recommend that pets have some some element of hard crunchy food in their diet or some it kind does of dental help, shoes exactly. it breaks off all of the tartar exactly. doesn't it, it helps a little bit all right it's, uh, certainly a visit to the vet for rose and the cat okay listen thank you for that and we'll chat again uh, next week that's uh, jane pickett and it'll be the last one before christmas so we'll go through all the do's and don'ts around the christmas tree and remembering reminding you to keep the selection boxes well away at uh, jane pickett of the island wood veterinary hospital in newmarket which is part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Here's another Christmas hit on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas at the most wonderful time of the year.
That's a terrific song, isn't it? That is Shaking Stevens on C103 and Merry Christmas, everyone. And Martin in Dunmanway contacted the programme. Martin was reacting to the comments that came in earlier from, who was it, from John in Charleville, who is part of what he says, the middle working class people who are keeping this country afloat. And he was giving out about the fact that, you know, the length himself and his wife have to go to, in order to pay their mortgage, both commuting long distances in the morning and back again in the evening just to keep a roof over their heads and paying their own mortgage and the people wanting everything for free and what is wrong with this country that we seem to have this uh, there seems to be an element of some people who just will always want things for free they're never willing to get out and work for it themselves well Martin in Dunmanway I suppose challenging that theory and says in back in 2010 nearly 10 years ago Martin got offered the chance to buy his own council house he had the down payment saved so he was all ready to go but his problem was he couldn't get a loan anywhere he said the repayments would actually have been five euro less than what he was paying on rent at the time. And if he could only got help and got the loan at the time, he now would be almost 10 years. And if it was a 20-year loan, he'd be halfway through paying off the loan and his house would have been here. So there's somebody was trying and there are lots of people like that uh, who try. I mean, it's the point we were making about the number of people who are don't qualify for a social house, will never qualify for a social house because they earn too much, but yet they're not earning enough for them to go into a bank and take on a mortgage. That is an issue that certainly has to be dealt with and has to be dealt with sooner rather than later. OK, I've got to wrap it up there for today. Thanks to Bernie Murphy, who was sitting in for John Paul. John Paul is back with us uh, tomorrow morning. I'll talk to you at 10 o'clock in the morning. Looking forward to your company. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. I'm Patricia Messenger. Have a very good afternoon and evening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.